Mark My Words shares Mark Homer's contrarian views on investing, business, finance, economics, and all things money. Mark interviews the world's most successful business, finance, and money experts, as well as imparting his knowledge in a factual, direct, and no-nonsense manner. Welcome to Mark My Words, and here is your host, Mark Homer. Hello and welcome, Mark Homer here. So this is a really pertinent video. We're going to talk about house prices rising. We're going to talk about energy costs, which keep going up. Uh, and we're going to talk in general about the cost of living crisis. And I'm going to reveal some ways in which you can attack this cost of living crisis. So the first story, and I think one of the most important, especially if you're in property or you've got a business or you're in construction or you're in manufacturing, you're running a factory, Energy prices, especially electricity and gas, have gone nuts. I've got a quote sitting on my desk for an electricity deal um, for the communal areas of a building. So this is a block of flats. These are the corridors and the stairwells, um, you know, to, to pay for the lifts and the lighting and the CCTV and all, all this sort of stuff. We were paying 11p per kilowatt for this electricity sort of pre-pandemic. Uh, I've got a quote on my desk for 33 pence per kilowatt, so that is triple. And actually, I've got a sort of out-of-contract rate offer of 40p per kilowatt. So this is a sort of three to four times increase in electricity. Why? Well, pandemic uh, has meant that um, factories, consumers, um, everybody who's come out of lockdown uh, are sort of working uh, double time, using a lot more energy. Uh, the demand has gone nuts, the supply reduced somewhat during the pandemic because um, not as many people and, and businesses needed it because they were shut. And of course, off the back of that, it has then been uh, exacerbated by the war in Ukraine. As there's more and more expectation that Russia uh, will reduce gas and oil supplies, as they have done this morning, they've actually turned the gas off to Bulgaria and Poland this morning because they're refusing to pay in rubles and as per their contractual agreement uh, that they only want to pay in uh, in euros. Um, this has meant that the world gas price, the world oil price, has gone up significantly. Huge amounts of electricity are generated from gas, um, so there are massive, massive increases. Now, if you've got a commercial building or, or some sort of apartment building or a um, maybe an office, maybe an industrial unit, a factory, uh, and you're paying with a commercial meter, you're probably just about feeling these extra rates now. If you've got to go into a new contract, you're going to be paying these rates now. If you're a homeowner, well, it's stepped, people are on the cap, you know, and uh, residential rates are, are rising much slower. But these increases are coming. Is it going to drop back down again? Well, you know, that may, be, that, that may be the case, but we've sort of got to behave as though this is the new normal uh, and we've got to find ways of reducing and controlling these bills because it is a huge deal. If you've got houses of multiple occupation, you're paying gas bills, uh, it's, it's the same. It's maybe 300% increase. You're paying the bills. Um, you know, lots of tenants regulate the temperature of their room by opening the windows rather than term turning the therm thermostat. Um, so this is a big, big deal. <clears throat> Contrast this with somewhere like France, where their energy bills have gone up about 5% through this. Why? Because they've got stacks of nuclear power stations across the country. They made the investment, 
they clearly planned a lot better than we did, uh, and they've got the, the, the right type of power generation to, to get themselves through. If we rewind back, this whole thing probably started with Tony Blair, and Tony Blair put huge levies on energy bills. So you're probably not aware, but on your gas and electricity bill, you've got uh, a levy which is imposed by the government. Uh, it's taken to pay for new green energies. And I think during this period, um, you know, if there was ever a time for them to reduce and remove these levies, even for a, for a period, this would be it. Doesn't look like they're going to do it at the moment. Uh, I think an even bigger problem is the fact that they haven't planned sufficiently. Uh, if we rewind right back, they were told for many, many years that they needed to get building nuclear power stations, you know, that, that's clearly the solution for the interim until all of the sort of green energy, you know, the wind turbines and, and all of the hydro-based um, energy generation systems um, come on stream. Nuclear is that interim solution. It takes many years to build, very, very expensive. Um, so this planning should have been done a long time ago. A uh, few false starts, David Cameron and George Osborne were cozying up to the Chinese. I think Theresa May had to cancel all of that. So we're years and years behind, very reliant on gas for our electricity generation, and look where we are now. The US, which is actually the biggest um, producer of oil, uh, has got fracking, um, and you know they've got relatively cheap oil coming out from, from that source. Um, so their energy bills are not going up anything like uh, the level that ours are. Uh, so clearly we're in a bit of a pickle with this. So some solutions. Um, clearly the key to this is being able to shop around. I'd always recommend looking on money saving expert Martin Lewis. He has a, a cheap energy club uh, and a, a set of uh, recommendations to uh, move your gas and electricity supplier. Um, he, he sort of shows you where to look, how to move them, uh, and you can do an online comparison. Sometimes, often at the moment, you're better staying where you are uh, because you're on the cap. But increasingly, um, you know, we're going to be coming off the, the cap, and I think in October there's another increase, and we're going to be paying the market rate. Um, so you need to be moving your energy supplier or at least looking at what other rates there are from other suppliers uh, really frequently. Otherwise, you're going to end up in a, in a difficult situation. I think the next thing is you need to really focus on all of your energy consumption. So that could be um, down to bringing your home or your rental properties to uh, an EPC uh, level of, 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 let's say, C or a B or better. Uh, I think uh, residential properties, if you're renting them out, are going to need to be a C within a few years anyway. Um, so that might mean you know, in installing insulation. It might mean upgrading your sort of uh, windows to double glazing. Uh, it, could be, it could mean a new boiler, and there are some grants to support you with that. If you don't do that, um, it won't be too long until, even in your own home, the government is going to start encouraging you and then forcing you to do it uh, by, uh, by getting mortgage lenders to insist that your house is an EPC level of X, Y or Z. I don't know, maybe they're going to start charging more if it's not, and maybe they're going to start re refusing to lend to you if your home isn't of the right EPC rating. Other things you can do are uh, intelligent thermostat systems. I've got a Nest system uh, in my own home. I've got those in, in uh, sort of HMO rental properties where I'm paying the bills. Um, they're intelligent because when there aren't people there, it generally 
turns the heating down, it has a band within which the temperature can be set, um, and it understands what the weather is. So when the weather gets hotter, it, removes, it reduces the amount of electricity or gas uh, that's going into the boiler. Um, and clearly when it gets colder it can start that process earlier probably re reducing the amount of energy that you're consuming. I think the next thing to do is to revisit uh, photovoltaic so PV um, or maybe you put panels on your roof to, to heat the water so solar panels uh, for electricity or, or, or water heating. I'm certainly looking at that on apartment buildings at the moment you could do that on your own home it got to the stage where the feed-in tariff, the money you got for running it, reduced so much it wasn't worth it. But now electricity has increased so much. Um, PV, uh, panels, um, other forms of uh, green energy, maybe ground source heat pump, maybe air source heat pump, but be careful with that because I'm, I think the technology is relatively infantile and uh, if, if your property is not particularly airtight, uh, actually you, you'll end up just burning a hell of a lot of electricity um, to run the heating system if you've got air source heat pump but if you've got a newish property they can be quite good and they they will get better and better but I think panels on the roof uh, are going to become more and more prevalent um, and you know there's permitted development rights it's less of an issue in terms of planning consent um, so I think you know I've, I've been speaking to uh, suppliers of uh, and installers of, uh, of panels and they're saying they've already got sort of big backlogs building uh, and there's potentially some government money so I would really focus on trying to get ahead and, and trying to get stuff like that installed um, especially if your property is sort of south facing and you get the sun a lot of the day you can install batteries as well so that um, a lot of that energy is sort of captured and harnessed when the sun's shining I think Tesla do some good batteries uh, for the home um, and um, you know you, you really need to focus on those green energies um, to control these bills. Um, so people are always asking should I take a fixed rate out on energy? Uh, it's a little bit like taking a fixed rate mortgage or taking insurance out on something. Uh, you'll generally pay more over the long run. If you've got the cash uh, to ride the peaks and troughs you're probably better going into a variable depending on what rate they're giving you. Um, clearly with um, home energy bills it, it is quite customary to sort of fix for maybe one, two, three years but you, you may decide you, you take a shorter fix if you've got the cash to sort of ride it. I think the, the overall amount that you will spend is, it, over the long run is likely to be less if you take a shorter fix. However, not everybody's got the money to sort of ride the peaks. So if you haven't got that sort of cash it's like an insurance policy, you'll pay a little bit more for it. Um, and uh, you won't get caught out if things really go up and you, you can't afford your, your energy bill that month. So staying on the cost of living theme, uh, we've got uh, news that Netflix has dropped over 50% because people have been cancelling uh, their subscriptions uh, because they're worried about other costs in the home. Um, AJ Bell, uh, a stockbroker, a little bit like Hargreaves Lansdowne, uh, say that uh, the, the amount of money that people are investing uh, in ISAs and in funds and in, in shares, this is consumers, um, has, has, uh, has reduced. They took 1.8 billion in the first quarter of last year and the first quarter of this year they took 1.6 billion. Um, there are other platforms uh, on the stock exchange reporting similar um, information 
and I suspect that's just going to continue as we come off these price caps and more and more costs find their way onto the supermarket shelves. You'll notice just in the last week, lots of news about avian bird flu. Um, feed prices have gone nuts for chickens. Um, you know, lots of wheat was coming out of Ukraine. Um, lots and lots of issues in production in food because of electricity going up. Um, not enough staff. Um, Brexit's caused issues with the importation of, of, of workers. Um, so there's a lot of cost price inflation building, uh, you know, has been building for, for many months. Uh, and now the, the supermarkets are having to relent and they're increasing prices, which obviously they really don't want to do. I suspect a price war probably will break out uh, amongst a few of the supermarkets, but you're going to see huge cost price inflation in, in food. Um, but you're going to see huge retail price uh, inflation in food in the coming months uh, off the back of all this because uh, what's usually uh, one of the main, if not the main component in all of these products, it's the energy to make it and then the oil, the diesel to transport it around on trucks, trains, uh, it's the transport. And, and of course, another friend I spoke to uh, only at the weekend, he has a, a factory in, in China, he produces hosiery and socks. He's saying that, um, you know, pre-pandemic, uh, a container, uh, 40-foot container from China would cost him maybe $1,500, maybe $2,000 to get it, get it here. Uh, he's saying it's still $20,000. Um, so, you know, all of your products from Amazon, uh, other, other goods that you're, you're buying for the home, uh, they all have to be transported and a huge part of those extra transport costs go straight into all the clothes and all the goods that you buy. Um, so if you haven't seen price increases, then they're coming. Uh, the CPI is reacting. I think at the moment the Bank of England says inflation is about 5 or 6% on their basket of goods in the consumer price index. Clearly they don't include housing and lots of other elements. So the inflation that you're experiencing in your basket could be higher and I think it's going to carry on building. So for those people who are not investing in their ISA or in their funds because they can't afford to because they need their money for their rent and their gas and their electricity, I can understand that. You know, surely you would stop that over being evicted from your home. Uh, but for those that are sort of, in, uh, you know, stopping their investments because they're concerned the market's going to drop or this is going to create a big bang, which it could do. Um, I think, you know, trying to drag that crystal ball up and make that connection uh, is not a good idea. I think what you really need to be doing is making a sort of monthly investment, pound cost average it. You don't know whether you're getting a good price or, or not. Just invest for the long run. Uh, it's a little bit like property. It's very, in fact, it's pretty much impossible to time these markets over the short term with any accuracy. So just, just keep on doing those monthly investments, keep on sort of buying into the market and over the long run, you should do really well. House prices keep on going. Um, we've heard lots of commentators over the last few months say, oh, by the time we get into 2022, there's the cost of living issues, interest rates are going up, people are gonna have less money in their pocket, house prices are, are gonna, you know, the, the growth is gonna slow or they're gonna take a tumble. Well, just the opposite is, is happening. Uh, the last few months, uh, Rightmove has said the last two months have been 
the most demand versus supply, the biggest imbalance in its history. And of course, Rightmove is at the front of the property buying chain. Um, you know, if you, you have a pipeline, somebody looks at a property, um, Rightmove registers what the property goes on at and what demand there is for certain properties. And then later on in the chain, you'd get uh, the lenders nationwide, whatever, they would maybe report sort of two, three months after the property actually completes. Uh, and then you get land registry maybe after that. So at the moment, it doesn't show any signs of abating. Uh, people have still got cash, uh, apparently, from uh, saved during the pandemic, which is probably helping uh, with some of these cost of living increases, uh, not helping everybody. Um, who knows how long that cash carries on for. Interest rates, I suppose, are still relatively low at 0.75%. You can still get a five-year fix, probably at one and a half to two percent range, so still relatively cheap. Yes, interest rates have, have got to go up. Why? Uh, because inflation is building. Um, clearly, Bank of England can't do anything about imported inflation, you know, world gas prices or world uh, electricity prices, you know, or the price of Brent crude oil. Um, but Domestic inflation, so you know prices of your goods on the shelf, maybe food, clothing, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know they're concerned that those prices are, are, are lifting, uh, and they want to keep a cap on that. Um, so interest rates look like they're going to carry on going up. Although an article here from David, uh, written by David Blanchflower, who was at the Monetary Policy Committee, it looks like he's now writing for the Daily Mirror. He thinks that the Bank of England should actually look at reducing interest rates, um, which, uh, you know, okay, fine, when there's a cost of living crisis on, maybe that is a solution, but surely that would just state, stoke the inflationary fire. Um, and that's surely something that none of us want. So it's a finely balanced decision. Do I think interest rates are steaming back up to 5%? Doesn't look very likely at all. In fact, if you watch the last inflation report, uh, the MPC are saying that, you know, whilst this isn't necessarily all transitory, um, you know, lots of this stuff is out of their control. It's, you know, sort of international um, and lots of it's energy based uh, and it's already happened. And if it has already happened and it doesn't keep happening, then once it's fed through, then inflation should drop. Not saying that's what's going to happen, because remember, inflation, interest rate, uh, you know, stock market, price predictions and house price predictions are impossible to make uh, in the short term and people that uh, do make them might get lots of headlines and lots of attention but they're usually wrong. So still on house prices, why are they increasing? Well I think people are still moving out of areas that they don't necessarily need to be. Loads of people were sort of central London or or certainly sort of in within the M25. Lots of those people don't need to be there anymore because their companies are letting them commute. So maybe they're in the office two, three days a week. So instead of being in central London, maybe now they live, I don't know, maybe they live in the East Midlands or maybe they commute from the home counties. Um, so there has been a definite shift in people moving out. They've, they've gone for space, they've gone for bigger properties. Um, and that seems to have continued. I thought it would reverse when the pandemic sort of uh, started winding down, but it doesn't seem like that trend is reversing. Uh, more and more people seem to be doing that. So as they move out, um, you know, one of my friends invests in sort of SW10, SW5. He says to me, flats in those areas have dropped 20 to 25 to 30%, which I mean, just sounds nuts to me, but I started having a look at comparables on, on Right Move Sold and, you know, they've taken a big hit uh, because, 
you know, they were clearly a lot more expensive. There were loads and loads of money, you know, north of 500 pounds, often a thousand pounds a foot, um, you know, that sort of stuff. And, you know, it's a one bed flat could cost you a million pounds in, in, in some of those areas, um, you know, and, and, you know, if, you, if you're looking at a, a one bed flat in say, I don't know, Surrey, and let's say it's cost you, you know, it's costing you sort of a third, um, then, you know, that looks very, very cheap, doesn't it? Especially when you only have to commute in sort of two, three days a week. And that means maybe some people move out even further and buy a house somewhere. Um, so, you know, there's still a big shift going on and it looks like that, that's still got further to roll. Uh, not saying house prices are gonna carry on steaming up uh, for ages and at some point, it'll all go bang like it always does. Uh, and, you know, if you look back to the 70s, huge amount of inflation, you know, the market went absolutely nuts. And then at the end, there was a big bang. Uh, house prices, recession, is there going to be one? Are house prices going to crash? Absolutely, at some point. I just don't know when that is. In fact, it probably should have happened uh, early part of uh, 2020 when the pandemic started. You know, that there was nothing like shutting the market down to, to create that situation. But Boris pumped 400 billion pounds into the market. Uh, and, you know, they, they printed a load of money, a load of QE. Um, so it fixed the issue for now. Who knows what policy decisions they're going to make with all of this sort of cost of living at the moment. It sort of looks like Rishi's keeping his powder dry because I think he's waiting to see what happens to these energy prices before October, which is probably quite smart, really, uh, because, you know, they go up and down. I know gas has sort of surged again this morning. Now Putin's pressed his button and, and shut the gas off to uh, um, Bulgaria and to Poland. Uh, but, you know, this, this is sort of not finished. Uh, there's still a, a, a lot, a lot, sort of a, a lot of space to go. And sort of to think, just just from a layman's perspective, you know, three to four hundred percent increase is such a massive increase uh, over such a short period of time. Surely that would uh, encourage loads of producers to just get producing. I know it, it you know, and, and and to start pumping this out to take advantage of this to make all this extra money. Um, Clearly, lots of them will be doing that, but it takes time. It takes time for them to ramp production up. Uh, and I would have thought that with gas and electricity prices and oil prices at these sorts of levels, it would encourage and enable a lot of exploration that was not viable prior to these price increases, which naturally will bring more supply on. Uh, and as more supply comes onto the market, then the price should drop as long as demand doesn't keep going up. Um, another aspect to this is Biden. Um, you know, he, 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 he's probably not cozied up to the Saudi Arabians enough. Uh, he's probably not, um, you know, dealt with the Iranian issue in a way that they and, and, and maybe the UAE would like. Uh, and I understand they're not taking his calls. Those guys could pump more oil. They could reduce uh, some of these energy prices. Qatar's got a huge amount of gas. I'm sure he could do the same thing there if he sort of gave them a few concessions. Um, I suspect he's maybe not the best man for this job at the moment. I mean, he looks half asleep most of the time. Um, so, you know, there may be some sort of uh, change in the White House. Uh, there's an election coming. I know it's sort of still a couple of years away, but, um, you know, as 
as that gets closer and closer and it looks like maybe a, a Republican returns to the White House, not saying it's Trump, who, know, who knows who it's going to be, but say they're a bit more energy friendly, a little bit more Middle Eastern sort of friendly, maybe uh, give those guys a little bit more they want, though they could start pumping. As soon as they pump more, OPEC, they go to their meetings, they say we're going to increase production, uh, the, the oil price could reduce significantly. Um, so that will be interesting to watch. Another big element to this whole sort of cost of living um, crisis and, and production and the, the, the fact that we haven't got enough goods, um, certainly cars and lots of other products, um, you know, there is a, a shortage of, um, is the lack of labour. Lots of Eastern Europeans went home um, through Brexit, loads and loads of them went home during the pandemic and lots of um, people maybe in their 50s took early retirement just because companies didn't need them and they haven't come back. Some of them are returning to the workplace. So this has created a situation where there's maybe a million, 1.2 million people uh, at last count that are missing from the labour market. So quite the opposite of unemployment. Um, you know, we, we, we've got a situation where there's a shortage. Now, linked to this um, clearly has been the big sort of backlash against immigration uh, and Brexit probably to some extent came off the back of that. And I think, I think lots of people think the immigration issue has been dealt with. Um, and you know, there are less people coming to the United Kingdom, wages are rising, everything's great. Um, I did um, hear some quite interesting statistics just the other evening um, in that in 2021, there were a record number of uh, visas issued to students, loads and loads of family uh, visas issued. Boris is over in India sort of negotiating with them to start sort of issuing um, Indians visa, work visas to come over. So, so I suspect that it won't be too long before you see more and more immigration um, starting again, uh, which maybe for business owners, for farmers, uh, for all of those sort of industries, maybe hospitality, restaurants uh, that need foreign workers to come over. Uh, I suspect they're going to be coming again in greater numbers. I don't think Boris was ever really interested in reducing immigration. Um, they are needed to help grow the economy. Um, so I think that'd be an interesting area to watch because it looks like uh, the tide might be turning on that. Uh, and, um, you know, I suspect there's a few years before sort of public opinion starts to move on it. Um, you know, I think the, the, the politicians and the ministers obviously want to grow the economy. They want to sort of get all these industries moving. So I suspect immigration will start to increase again.